Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,195. It's Halloween here, no tricks, just treats with our very inspiring guest today. Buckle up, grab a candy bar, and we'll go for a fun ride. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Savannah, Georgia, with a very special guest by the name of D. Paul Graham. Paul, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? Absolutely am, Mark, and I'm I'm thrilled and honored to be here today. Thank you for having me on. Well, very nice of you. We're going to have some fun. I love creative people, and that's what you do for a living. But before I introduce you and we dive into your world, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Paul? <laughs> I grappled over this. So I was in my last year of business school, and I didn't know if I was there for my father or for myself. So I withdrew. And you can imagine that went over really well at the dinner table that night. So when he asked me what the heck I was going to do, I asked him to finance me to go to Berkeley, California to study photography. And he had two words for me, which I'm, I'm assuming you can <laughs> figure out. So I ended, up, uh, <laughs> I ended up going and paying what I call paying the freight myself to go to Sheridan College in Toronto, which was a fine, fine photography school there in Canada and went on, went on from there. Photography's one of my loves. So I'm excited to have you on the show and talk about what you've done with yours. So let me give you a proper introduction. D. Paul Graham is a photographer who specializes in commissioned automotive luxury lifestyle, editorial travel, and portraiture assignments. His art draws from and is inspired by the interaction of the complexities of light, life, passion, and most importantly, people. Through his camera, Paul captures the intent, the meaning, design, and human condition of everything and every person that he works with. He strives to extract the intricacies and imperfections of the moment, the light, the texture, the pace, the mood, and the character of the subject matter. In addition to his photographic work, he is an author, he's a speaker, and is an unabashed deal junkie. <laughs> this will be fun. Stealing from his almost 40 years of working in mergers and acquisitions around the world. He suffers from a serious case of wonderlust that he keeps in check by traveling as much as possible. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor. So give them a little wonderlust love and we'll be right back. <laughs> Autumn has arrived, the weather's changing, and that means your vehicles need extra protection against everything Mother Nature can drop. Covercraft offers you a multitude of layers of protection for your special rides. Are you putting your summer toys away, watercraft, RV, motorcycles, trailers, or even your patio furniture? Covercraft has a custom fit cover for whatever your need. Covercraft offers you 10 different car cover options. That's right, 10 for your special vehicle's protection, whether stored inside or out. All carefully crafted into the form and fit with the quality and and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. And don't forget their custom fit seat covers, pet pad, Fido's going to get wet and muddy, I guarantee it, dash mats, sunscreens, and custom fit floor mats and trunk mats. Whatever the surface you want to protect, Covercraft has your solution. If you use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code Y-E-A-H-21 at checkout. 
out. Come on, Mother Nature, bring it on. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail-order catalog company grew into a multi-website-based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, Paul, uh, you give us a little background on how you got into the field or started down the field. But let's talk a little bit about how you've nurtured it and what you've done over this very long career. You figured out a way to do it. So kind of walk us through your life and and how you figured this out, despite what your dad may have said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have have sort of two businesses. The first is Graham Capital Partners, which is where I do all my M&A work. So I've been I've been fortunate. One, I worked. Before I started my own company, I worked for a tremendous family in Canada that I learned sort of the craft and learned how to how to buy companies and do that sort of thing. In 97, started my own firm. And then that just, just kind of went out. I started doing things overseas. I've worked a lot in Africa and Europe, obviously a lot here in the United States and Canada. So I got to see a good bit of some really cool places in the world. And I would travel with my cameras where, and I would two days before and two days afterwards, just, just take time out of the boardrooms and just kind of roam around and, and photograph people and places and, and just sort of foster that. And all before that, I actually worked for Nikon Canada for a bit. And we'll, we'll talk about He's one of my mentors and somebody who really influenced my photography. So worked with them for a while and and uh, and then went back into business and sort of found the answer that uh, I was actually in business school for myself, not my dad, and and uh, have just a tremendous passion for business. And yet I I always say that the time I spent studying photography really did give me a different way of looking at things, looking at people, listening to people even, that that benefited my business life. 
And my business life has certainly benefited my photographic business because I, I really do look at it like a business. It's, it's, a, it's a creative outlet for me. It's an art form. But at the end of the day, I want to be making a profit at the end of the day. So I have that sort of that duality. And, and a lot of photographers that I talk with and chat with and they ask me how, how I do this, you know, and, and it's just that, that business perspective that I think is missing by a lot of creatives. You know, this is a pretty common thing. I've heard this over and over again from people in all walks of the automotive sector. I'll, I'll pick one that's a pretty good example, and that's restoration. Somebody that loves to work on cars, goes out, works in a shop, says, I can do this and make more money. They start their own shop, but they don't realize all the business pieces behind it. They think it's just go out and work on a car. Well, wait, you've got all these other factors, taxes and real estate and costs. And then if you hire somebody and payroll and withholdings and all these kind of things, and all of a sudden they go, this isn't much fun anymore. So <laughs> I would assume that this is kind of a cool story because you figured out a way to make a living through your mergers and acquisitions, but then take your, what was, I'll say a hobby perhaps, and then wrap it into a business using that business acumen to make the photography work as well. So for somebody else who maybe wants to do it this way, because it is hard to just go out and be a photographer, especially today, because mm. we all have these little devices in our hands called phones and everybody thinks you're a good photographer. Yeah, they're probably not. <laughs> you just look around on <laughs> Facebook or social media and a lot of them are not very good, but everyone, I think people have been dumbed down a little bit to what great photography is. So how did you, this is kind of a long segue, how this question is going to be formulated, but how did you hone your craft to make a great photography? Because I found you out in social media and your images stood out to me and I went, Okay, this isn't a guy just snapping some shots. There's some thought behind this. There's light, there's subject matter, there's people, the way he looks at things, the way the camera's pointed. So how did you do that? Was it by looking at other people's work or all these extracurricular activities when you were on business trips? <laughs> well, I think that was the start. And I think going right back to photography school was a really um, a fundamental aspect of learning to light learning to see light, learning to compose, uh, to design, you know, that, that was sort of the rudiments that, that I took from, from Sheridan college. And it's just always been something that's been a fascination for me is watching and observing and whether that's body language in a boardroom or trying to get a subject to, to, to pose and to let their natural self come out in a photograph. It's, it's all sort of the same, the same fundamentals to me. So, Going into a different culture, a different country, and not even speaking their language, they not speaking English, and yet somehow enjoying a glass of wine and a meal in their home because I've been invited in and, and taking pictures of people that way was, was sort of a start. And um, and it was about six years ago, I guess, South Magazine here in Savannah, uh, Michael Brooks, the, the publisher and the owner, approached me and said they'd been introduced to to me from another photographer in town and had been kind of stalking me a little bit on social media and asked if I would be willing to to do some some work for the magazine. So I uh, said, absolutely, and have all this gear. And uh, I just started, really started refocusing, no pun intended, on on what I wanted to do with photography. And, and boy, you, you hit on a lot of the key things that really resonate with me when it comes to what I try and capture with my camera and why. So that's really how that 
sort of became more of a business for me at that point. And then three years ago, because cars is such a huge passion for me, um, I was thrilled that uh, Speedborne Racing and Ferrari of Atlanta asked me to be their their team photographer. So I get to I get to fly around with with Arnie Poundstone and Webb Collins and the team and and see some of the tracks that I get to be up close and personal with cars on that you know tracks that I've wanted to be on since I was a kid. And uh, so just to have that kind of access, uh, the access to the team, the paddock, the pits, it creates some some great opportunities for just some some awesome automotive photography. Very cool. Have you had, you mentioned this earlier, some mentors in your life or people that have inspired you into this world of photography? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I feel really fortunate. You know, I, I've had some amazing teachers from public school right on up through college and university, some phenomenal business mentors that have really helped hone who I am today as a business person. But I think the biggest influence photographically uh, was a a gentleman named uh, Larry Frank, who worked for Nikon Canada at the time. And he taught at at Sheridan College. And um, really, he's such an interesting guy. He really taught me how to look at light differently, how to see people differently, how to approach people in public differently, which translated whether it's now, you know, street photography, studio photography, or just on location, just how to interact with people to help bring out their personalities in an image. And forever we'll be thankful to, to Larry and, and what he taught me. Great to have somebody like that. Yeah, he also hired me to work at Nikon. So that that was a that was a, just another great experience. Are there some other photographers out there, perhaps maybe from the past or could be current, that you really look up to? Well, there, there's a number, and, and I keep coming back to this because to me it's a it's a fundamental element of art, and that's light. And so I'm really drawn, whether they are the classical artists, whether they're classical photographers, I'm really drawn to that work. And I really enjoy spending time just looking and observing and just trying to soak that in. So, you know, Van Gogh is one of my favorite artists and and just his his use of light just always fascinates me when i think of uh, photographers classical photographers you know cartier bresson karsh out of ottawa there's so many great ones but yeah yeah that use of light really thinking about where the light's coming from across or at you or behind you whatever it might be We'll take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about challenges of whatever kind you'd like to discuss. So keep that in mind. And we'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars. Yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in RENEW12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars yeah? He's become a good friend of mine and I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to Linkage 
MAGA.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. TechForce is a charity of choice here at Cars Yeah. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply? It's critically short. For every one tech who graduates school, there's five jobs waiting for them. Said another way, four technician jobs go unfilled for every technician graduate. Lots of young people love cars, but don't know how to turn that passion into their careers. TechForce Foundation shows them through career exploration, technical education, and the workforce development solutions. Join Cars yeah in supporting TechForce Foundation and its mission to solve the technician shortage by donating at techforce.org today. So I love the challenge question here because it's all about not so much the challenge, although that sets the tone. It's what it taught you. So you could go forward in a very positive way. So walk us through maybe a, a tough patch where maybe things were a little dark. <laughs> Since so we're talking I, I about made, light. Yeah, I may, I may twist this answer a little bit. And, and you really gave me a lot of food for thought this weekend because, you know, I've had many failures. Uh, and I'm not afraid to admit I've, I've even had what I call the, the best failures have been my spectacular failures where I've really screwed up, you know, but I've learned the most from those. I, I, I kind of shifted to more what the biggest challenges are for me philosophically, because, you know, I've, I've faced a lot of different challenges since I started my own company in 97. So I, I went from this large family run, but corporate environment that that gave me the opportunity to, to learn M&A and in all sorts of different situations. But I the challenges came out of running my own business, like the the, the really significant challenges in my life have come from that. And it, and it's because it's affected me personally, it's affected me professionally. There's things that both the M&A world and photography, and I think you said this earlier, they're just exceptionally competitive industries. So the ongoing challenges to innovate, the challenges to excel, to be excellent at whatever I do, the challenges to be graceful when I lose and and to be humble when I win. All of those require a commitment to not take shortcuts and to be honest and have integrity in all you do. And and that's sometimes, sometimes it's become increasingly more difficult, I think, in the world today. And it's sad when to me, it's it's sad when you meet somebody that that really kind of goes above and beyond with honesty and integrity, and and you realize how unique that is in the world, particularly in the M and A world. There's some a lot of stuff goes on in that world that that people take advantage of others. So those those are the issues, those are the challenges that are at the forefront of my mind. You know, as I look back over all these years that I've been in business for myself. Those are the things that have pushed me, uh, that have made me scratch my head sometimes, and and yet I've I've tried to I've tried to live up to those and meet those challenges. You know, I think we should we could I don't think we should, but we could do a whole show on. Uh, <laughs> I was just talking to somebody last night about this. They're saying what is going on with society and the moral and ethical decline in people. Yeah. It's really discouraging, and and you know, part of it you can say, oh, you're old fashioned, like. Well, no. I mean, yeah, but again, we could talk about that forever. But I think your best line was your first line. The best failures have been my spectacular failures. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a great quote. 
But that's why I asked the question, because a lot of times people look at challenge and failure as failures. And that word failure can be a positive Mm. if you pull a positive out of it. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. because you tried something. I had a, a young woman on my show years ago who said, every January 1st, I set the goal of failing 100 times in the new year. And I said, really? Wow. I love that. And she said, well, that's because I, I tried 100 new things I've never done. And I probably will fail at all of them, but I'll learn a little bit and maybe go forward from that. So uh, that's always stuck in that my That is mind. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. So let's talk a little bit about cars here, because obviously from your photography, you love cars. And I always ask if there's a special vehicle in my guest's life and to share a special story about that ride. So take it away. So I actually have a couple. The first, if you're okay with that. Of so course. The first car that I owned that was in my name is when I went to Sheridan College from a place called Thunder Bay, which is at the tip of Lake Superior in northern Ontario. And I'm, I'm actually convinced that hell is cold, not hot. So it, <laughs> it, it uh, there's another great it was quote. <laughs> nice, nice to get out to southern Ontario. Anyway, so my first car when I drove from Thunder Bay to, to Toronto was a really ugly brown 1976 Matador Coupe. So I, I developed a sense of humor in that car because it was so ugly. And I learned to be really quick because the doors were so heavy that if you didn't get your legs in quick enough, you ran the risk of, of having a leg Jumping amputated. Your feet off. Wow. Yeah. So it kind of gave me those two elements of my life. And, you know, most of my friends had way cooler cars than I did that were faster, prettier. But I did get some slack because I was quick to remind anybody that that actually would listen that the bad guy and the man with the golden gun actually drove a matador that would, if you recall, converted into that plane when he flew out of the oh, out of the barn. You're right. So, okay. so that that was sort of my saving saving element of having a matador. But truth be told, I would have rather had Bond's Austin Martin. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think so. You said there was a second one though. Yeah. So the second one, I was I was probably about twelve years old. And it was a little town called Durham, where we were kind of a blue collar town and walked out of the library, I think. And there was this black on black sports car that I'd never seen before. And so literally, you know, I had my nose pressed up to the the window and the owner came out and he said, so what do you think? And I I turned around and said, what is this? And it was a Porsche 911. Ah, And uh, I said, you know, we just didn't see a lot of those kind of any of those kind of cars around the town. And so he said, you want to sit in it? So I said, absolutely. And that that I was hooked from that day forward with sports cars and Porsches in particular. Yeah. Well, if you're a regular listener of mine, you know, I love Porsches. <laughs> yes. <And> the 911 <laughs> has been a, a key car in my garage. In fact, I, all my listeners know I just sold a 911. I, I'm I'm 911 it less, 911 less? I'm without <laughs> 911 for the first time, I think in 45 years, something like that. So uh, I've got to figure out something here to replace the the orange crush that I let go. But uh, oh man, yeah, yeah, they're pretty special cars. Uh, always have been. And that's another whole show we could talk about is the evolution of what's happening in the resurgence of taking old cars and making them new again, reimagining them like Rob Dickinson singers and the RSR projects and uh, safari cars and all these things, but maybe for another day. I'm going to crawl on your head and be your car psychologist today. Okay. So if you were manifest, reincarnated as the vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive the man in the mirror, what would you be and why? So this gave me a lot of food for thought this week. And I, I was all over the map. So maybe I'm automotive schizophrenic. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure, but it went from 
Uh, it's just all sorts of things. I ended up on a 1935 Delahaye, the, particularly the 135, the Competition wow. Court. Just because of the legacy of the company, I love you know how the the family started it and then it transitioned, and the the guys were there for years and years and years. The innovation that Delahaye came up with with engineering and design. I mean, just some of the most beautiful cars in the world, I think. And then the racing heritage that they had. You know, when they switched to the 135S, I think in the in the mid-30s, I think, is when that first came out. You know, they've got this amazing, this amazing history, legacy, design, all of that wrapped up into one. And so uh, I think you asked uh, how I would perceive myself as that vehicle and 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 a lot of that came out to to me a Delahaye you know it's there but it's quite subtle and quiet yet it's a really elegant looking car uh high performance that and sporty but faster than it looked and then the the one thing it has higher value later in life which I kind of of related to that in life now so yeah that was the car I would be and and why you know unique Unique choice there. I don't know that there's been another Delahaye here, so that makes you even more unique uh, amongst, hmm. uh, you know, uh, 2,000, almost 2,200 people almost here. But the S, the 135S being the race car, you hmm. know, taking that beautiful, but you think of the elegance of so many Delahaye's. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've just yeah. seen so many variations over the years on the lawn at Pebble and Amelia and other places. They're so unique and they're so beautiful. And people walk up to them all the time and go, what is that? Mm-hmm. Because it was this small kind of company, jewel-like builds, if you will. But their race cars, yeah, had some oomph to them. No kidding. Yeah. Especially I, for the time. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, from an auto, from a photographic perspective, I mean, I could spend hours and days oh, just yeah. on a Delahaye. I mean, they're just interior exterior the the engines i mean just the subtlety of the lines and the not so subtlety of some of the lines that they have are are just just fascinating to me yeah every time i look at a car like that and there's others of that same era in the 30s i think people actually drove these around can you imagine a guy driving i mean i could see one in paris in the 30s driving around you know this beautiful car and parking it in front of a cafe and going inside and yeah it's just uh pretty darn pretty darn special no kidding how about a great book that you'd like to share we love books here at cars yeah is there one that you've read that you think is worth cracking open so i have another two for you and and uh, the first is Atlas Shrugged by Ann Rand. Yeah, great um, book. I've just I've just reread that. When I was in high school, my my English teacher, Mr. Hyatt, proposed to this precocious little teenager that that I should maybe read this book because he thought I would get something out of it, and I just soaked it up then. And I've I've reread the book every two years oh, since high school. Yeah. So I've lost. I've lost more books than I can count on airplanes <laughs> and restaurants and, and wherever. And, and uh, you know, the book was released 65 years ago uh, this month, actually, I think. Oh, oh, wow. And that's that's where I got, you know, introduced to her and then read The Fountainhead. And, and so I agree with a lot of what she wrote about. Not everything. But I mean, it, it, it's it fascinates me, the parallels of what she wrote 65 years ago. And it took her 14 years to write the book. The parallels in today's world to what she wrote about then is just kind of breathtaking to me. Yeah, it is uh, pretty breathtaking. I haven't read it probably in 15 years. I need to pick it up again because, uh, or maybe I'll get too upset if I do based on what's going on <laughs> these days. But uh, it's it's marvelous. Yeah, really insightful uh, lady. And you mentioned another one. 
Yeah, so it's another book that I've just, you know, the simplicity of it and yet the the wisdom, which often I guess wisdom has a, a simplistic element to it, profound nature of it, is John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Yeah. Um, great little quick read, but once you read it, you realize, wait a minute, I got to go back to that again. And it's just, it's one of those books to me that I've, I've given out a lot. So Mr. Maxwell, if you ever happen to hear this, I've, I've helped build up your bank account, I think. But <laughs> it's just one of those books that really draws out what it means to be an effective leader no matter where you are, whether it's in your house, whether it's in your business, whether it's wherever you are. Um, there's just some really great principles in there that I, I try and live up to. Yeah, I put that one on my shelf uh, right next to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah. People. It's one of those great books to share with young people, older people, reread year after year, every couple of years, just kind of as a great reminder of how to be a, a better person all around. So let's go on the ultimate drive here. I'm going to buy you any uh, car in the world. This is a fun one. You can take it anywhere, but here's the key. You can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past. So what does it look like for you, Paul? Well, I loved, I love this, this question that you had. So to answer what I'd be in, I'd have to take that Delahaye 135. I kind of thought so. I'd so. Have to, yeah. And I would want to be in the Transalpina Pass in Ooh. Romania. I've never been there. I've done a lot of cool driving through Europe, but I've never been to Romania. I've never been to the... Transalpinia. So would love to do that. Okay. And I would love to have Neil Neil Armstrong in the seat behind beside me. It's one of my childhood heroes. But you know, like Buzz Aldrin had to be second in command, Neil Neil would have to be the passenger seat because I, I would be driving the Delahaye. So wow. <laughs> now that's again a very unique creative answer to that question which i think is is great i just had a guest on the show who has a company that is called luna and he does reproductions of vintage clothes very very accurate i mean down to the fabric uh -huh. and is really into space travel from the 60s and the apollo missions wow and so he's reproduced the jackets they wore and with patches and all this kind of thing. So uh, I'll have to uh, introduce you to his website and uh, have Please you do. Yeah, check it out. They they do some really cool stuff. They also, he's also doing some cool Shelby jackets that were back in the day. Peter Brock designed stuff for Carol Shelby oh, for the GT350 and the Day Daytonas and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, wow, what a trip that would be. I, that, mm. that would be pretty darn cool. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful journey today. I'm so glad that we connected, Paul, and I'd like for you to leave us with maybe some words of inspiration, a mantra, or some, I mean, you've already said some great quotes here. I'll, I'll add those to your uh, words of wisdom here, words of inspiration, but maybe some some uh, success quote of some kind that means something to you. Well, I have, I have three. You, you're probably getting a sense of when, when I'm asked a question, I usually have multiple answers to it. <laughs> That's so okay. I have, I have three things that are really basic tenets to my life. And, and the first is never to be afraid to reinvent yourself, you know, and, and to, to adapt to what's going on. I think COVID, COVID was, a, was a, an amazing opportunity for people to really think about what they're doing in life and do they want to live their life as they were prior or do they want to, they want to live differently. And so I think that that's something about reinventing. I don't think anybody should ever be afraid to at least think about and to try. Secondly, live excellence first for yourself and then inspire excellence in others. And I think if, if you can if you can live a life of excellence, people are going to notice it. And then to going back to what we talked about earlier, 
that's becoming more and more rare excellence. I think middle of the road mediocrity just is having too much space in our society and in my opinion today. And so to try and live excellence for yourself, I think is, is it's really important to me. And then thirdly, and this goes back to, I really love the, the, your friend that uh, talked about failing a hundred times this year in the new year. But I used to say as a younger man that I was always afraid to fail. But I've learned since then to embrace that failure and, and even more so those spectacular failures that we talked about. And now I'm just more afraid of boredom. And <laughs> and now I just want to make sure that I'm I'm living my life in a way that that uh, is I can be excited about what I'm doing and who I'm with. You know, boy, three wonderful words or phrases, I should say, of encouragement and inspiration here. And recently, another guest, I learned so many cool things talking with all the great people, what I call the inspiring automotive enthusiasts on the show. And he was talking about, he's a guy that created 3D, desktop 3D uh, fabrication machines for people to do quick fabrications of ideas and designs, not massive produced, but, and it's, he has customers like Tesla and SpaceX and all these companies that, that people can sit there and create something really quick and look at it and think about it. And he said something interesting and it was from a study and I may, I may be paraphrasing a little bit here, but he said, when you reach 50, you should really reevaluate your life. And if you're not doing what you are passionate about, you need to stop doing what you're doing and go do that. Because the study proved that when people do the same job their whole life, that is a job they're not passionate about, they don't love, they really don't enjoy, but they're just living for that retirement, that when they retire, they very quickly die. Mm. Literally, they die. And what a shame, because yeah. retirement can come at all different times, but most people, it's in their 60s, kind of in their maybe 70s. So I really thought that was quite interesting and I understand that. My father, when he retired from his architectural firm, I went over to his house one day and his TV sets were out at the curb by the trash cans. He had <laughs> three of them, I think. I said, Dad, what, all three of your TVs broke at the same time? He goes, no, I'm getting rid of those death boxes. And I said, why? And he goes, well, I have friends that have retired like me. And they just sit around and watch the TV and they die. He oh, goes, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to work. And I think Good he was him. busier in his retirement years than he was and he was a pretty busy guy because he ran his own architectural firm. And it was it required a lot of attention and, and time. But and he was he was just busy doing all sorts of stuff. He he created all sorts of things. He taught people who were dying of cancer how to be artists, how to paint, how to draw. He did this thing called living wow. through art. So I think that is, aligns with what you're saying. Is yeah, really think about what you're doing. And I believe COVID. For the few positive things that it did, that was one of them. And maybe that's why we can't find workers anymore, because people <laughs> there's a lot of people doing things they didn't like, um, and now they're doing things they love. They're being creative, but we also have more ways to do that. And, you know, I wanted to have you touch on this real quick. You're going to be starting your own podcast in the new year, right? Yeah. For the last almost, it'll be 11 years in November, I've written a, an article or a blog, whatever you want to call it, um, called Monday Five Things. So I, I try and stay apolitical, um, but it's just my observations on people that I've met through the week, things I've overheard, things I've read, things I've seen. And it's just five things. And so in the new year, I'll be I'll be launching the Monday Five Things podcast that will awesome. be about five five things in about five minutes. Well, there uh, you so go. So it'll be a quick listen in the morning, and so I'm I'm looking forward to that. 
Well, congratulations. Welcome to the world of podcasting. This is the great thing about what the world offers us with this technology today is we can reach out and touch people that hopefully you and I, and I know we have today, touch people in an inspiring way to encourage them to get out and do something that they love, exactly like you have done and what I've done. How can people follow you and learn more about you? Well, there's a couple of ways, you know, with the social world in which we're in. So on Instagram, DP Graham is is sort of the primary place I have for my photography. Um, I'm I've just started a new Instagram that'll be specific to automotive. Uh, that's at I shoot fast cars, um, and that I'll just be building that up over the next few weeks on that. On Facebook, uh, Deepol Graham and Image Graham are two sites there. Uh, my website is uh, imagegram.com. And if anybody wants to to reach out, my email address is dpg at imagegram.com. There you go. I'll put links to all of those on Paul's show notes page so you can find him in case you're running, walking, climbing, biking, whatever you're doing as you're listening to this podcast. Uh, so you can go to the Cars yeah website and check that out. And also I'll provide quick links to those great books that he's suggested that we all pick up and read. So, Paul, you're, you've got an exhibition coming up here in November. Is that right? I do. Uh, it'll be uh, November 10th to the 14th here in Savannah at a gallery called Cedar House Gallery. I'm calling it Revs and Redlines, Emotion in Motion. It's really just a celebration of all things automotive. And, you know, I started with 5,000 images, automotive in it, images, that I've, I've culled those down to, I think we've got 38, 36 or 38 images now that'll be the final images. And I, I put them onto mediums of aluminum, glass and metallic paper, just kind of keeping, keeping with the automotive theme. You know, I'm going to be uh, 60 this year and it's, you know, kind of going back to some of the earlier things I said, it's just one of those things I wanted to do. So decided to make it happen. And, uh, you know, part of the motivation for this was my mom gave me my first camera when I was 13 years old and uh, she died of Alzheimer's. And so part of the, part of the proceeds are going to go to the Alzheimer's association just to honor my mom and to, to do what I can, even though it'll be little, but just to, just to help try and find a way to, to prevent that terrible disease. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my condolences for that, but what a nice tribute well, and a wonderful idea for your show. How, how can people learn more about that show and where it is again? Well, if they, uh, they can look on, on my Facebook and Instagram, there'll, there'll be some links there and it'll be reposted again, you know, coming up cause it's, it's about a week away or two weeks away. So they can just watch my social media for that. Um, I'll have an opening reception on Friday the 11th and an artist talk on Sunday the 13th. And just would, if you're if you're in town in Savannah or live here or visiting, I uh, would love to have you there. If, if you have a if you have a passion for cars, I'd, I'd love to share that with you. Maybe have somebody there do a little uh, live stream Facebook thing as well. I think I think on Sunday the gallery will be doing a live stream oh, cool. on of the of the artist talk. So okay. that'll be an opportunity for people to try and stump me and, and see what, <laughs> if I really know what I'm talking about and taking these pictures. Always good. Always good. Paul, thanks for spending some time with me today. I knew this was going to be fun and indeed it was. Awfully inspiring gentleman that you are. Love the work that you're doing. Keep doing it until you and I talk again, my friend. I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. 
Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!